All right, so here's, here's what, here's what you just wish somebody, uh, happy, you wish them happy Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost, you can grab a seat. Pentecost happens on the seventh Sunday after Easter. And Pentecost is when the church started, like in Acts. And so today is Pentecost Sunday. Some traditions would make it a big deal. If you want to kind of read about it, go into Acts chapter 2 and 3 and 4, and you'll kind of learn about the the early church. One of the cool things with the early church is in Acts chapter 2, it says that they enjoyed the favor of all people. So that like the the community outside the church looked at the church and went, those are some great people. And uh, that would be the, the mark of what we want to do here at, at Daybreak. Beside me, you will see a pair of cowboy boots with some flowers on them. Yesterday, we had the great privilege of remembering Glendon and celebrating his life. And uh, these are his boots. And so today, it's a great uh, memory for us to go like this. Glendon is in a way better place than here. And he gets to worship at the feet of Jesus, which is, which is a gift. Uh, if you missed last week, we started a new series. It's going to take us right till July. Uh, let me do a little bit of review for you. We're, we're talking about the need for us to be different. Because normal isn't working. Uh, let me say that again. We're talking about the need to be different. And, you know, if we're talking in the, the, the foyer, I might say the need, the, the need to be weird, but that can become even more confusing. But we need to be different because normal isn't working. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to look at what Jesus has taught us, where he showed us clearly that there's two different roads, and we talked about this last week, the, the two road. We talked about the one road, that broad road, that's where many people travel. And Jesus said that road actually leads to destruction. Don't think physical destruction, but think a life that's a mess. When we look at something that's deconstructed, usually it doesn't look the way that it should. And that seems to be where most crowds are going. We used this verse last week. It won't be on the screen, but just listen. This verse, Matthew 7, verse 13, Jesus said this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many people enter through it. Then verse 14, Jesus said, But small, narrow, is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. See, the, the bad news is that only a few people have the courage to leave the broad road and actually walk down that path of the narrow road. See, I used to find being comfort, to find comfort in being with the crowd, just kind of blending in, kind of being neutral. If everyone is going this way, I used to think this must be the way to go. But when you have the courage to leave the road that leads to destruction, to get on the narrow road that Jesus says leads to life, and we can tag it with John chapter 10 where Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. When we get on the, the narrow road that leads to life, the, the people that are on the broad road will always say, you, you're a little bit different. 
But you and I are going to find comfort because normal doesn't seem to be working. Last week, we kept saying this, if you, if you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what few people have, do what few people do. When it comes to finances, and we highlighted this last week, when it comes to finances, how many of us would agree that normal in our world is being broke? Living paycheck to paycheck, having an enormous amount of debt and always struggling. How many of us in our hearts would say we want something that's better than normal financially? When it comes to relationships, normal is very little commitment in them. It's normal in relationships to be filled with guilt, to be filled with regret, to be filled with all sorts of fears. When it comes to relationships, how many of us would want something that's better than normal? And then we talked about when it comes to, to life, what's normal today? Is, is normal just trying to make it to the next month? Maybe we hope for a better home or we hope for that vacation. Maybe we even hope that our kids stay out of jail. Maybe we'll be lucky enough that we could retire at age 65 or 70 so that we can just play golf with Glenn every day. Or garden, maybe, for the rest of our life. How many of us would say, or would want to say this, I believe God has something way better than a normal life for me. And I actually want it. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what few people have, and we talked about this last week, peace, joy, security, a life of meaning, of destiny, a sense of of pleasing God, then you'll have to do what very few people do. What I hope in the next five weeks is that you'll actually embrace. You'll embrace this truth and understand that not only is it okay to be different, but when you're led by the Spirit of God... It's way better to be different. Because normal is broke. Normal is overwhelmed. Normal is broken relationships. Normal is a life of fear. Let me go this far. Let me put a stake in the ground. I believe living a normal life is sin. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says this, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end... It just leads to death. Normal is where the crowd is going, and I pray that you'll have the courage to exit the broad path, get on the narrow path of following Jesus. The normal people will look at you and call you different. But you won't care because normal isn't working. And being different is not just okay, it's way better. Here's what God said about being different. It's recorded in 1 Peter 1.16. It'll be on the screen behind me. For it is written, for it is written, be holy because I'm holy. Now, for years and years of my life, the word holy was one of those intimidating words. Maybe it is for you too. I, I thought of a priest being holy. I thought of religious people, massively religious people, but I never put myself in that category. 
I mean, I knew my impure thoughts. I knew my actions on Monday or Wednesday weren't holy. Uh, What I want to do for you this morning is give you a little context to the meaning of the word holy. And and hopefully this will be important for you. The, The word holy actually comes from the Greek word hagio. And besides holy, this word means pure. It means to be set apart. It literally means to be different. So here's what God's saying in that verse we just read. To be holy because I'm the holy one. God says in this very impure world, you have to be pure. God says you have to be set apart. You're not normal. You're going to be different. God says don't be like the rest of the world, but be different. Here's the key. Those of you that are seriously following Jesus, where you're not just Christian in name, but when you want to truly give honor to God in the way that you live, when you follow his teachings, Jesus will lead you off the broad path onto the narrow one. And your goal is not to be different for different sake. Your goal is to please God. When you're striving to please God, he's going to set you apart. You will be different, and the rest of the world will call you different. The moment that you leave the normal path, you're going to be uh, smacked in the face with people who are going to make fun of you. They're going to say, where are you going? Stay with us. Here's where the normal people are. Don't be different. Don't be different. You used to be cool. Stay with us. See, you're going to be hit with this pressure to conform to the norm. Here's what David wrote in Psalm 69. It'll be on the screen. David said this to God. I am a foreigner even to my own family. A stranger even to my mother's children. For zeal for God's house, your house consumes me. And the insults of those who insult you fall right on me. Verse 10. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me. And I am the the song of the drunkards. I love when you read David in Psalms. There's this sense of, God, I want to serve you and you alone. I want my whole life to count for you. I want to worship you all day long. Passion for the things that matter to you, that matters to me. It's consumed me. In other words, David is saying this, God, I am so much on your side that when people shoot arrows at you, they're going to hit me because I'm right there beside you. See, when we leave the the broad path and you follow Christ on the narrow road, people are going to mock you. They're going to call you different. Here's an illustration that I want you to actually check with me, check with what I'm saying this afternoon, okay? So you can Google this. Just then you know the pastor's saying truthful things. Verify this when you get home. If I brought a uh, a bucket up here, and thank God I don't have a bucket up here, but if I brought a bucket up here and I placed a crab in the middle of the bucket, the crab will easily climb out and escape. But when I place a few other crabs in there with them, 
something interesting really happens. One at a time, as the crab tries to escape, other crabs will pull them back down to their misery and to the group's collective demise. I can promise you, as soon as you feel the Spirit of God leading you off the normal path into a God-honoring road, there's going to be a lot of crabby people, see how I tied that in, who are reaching for you and saying this, don't leave us. Come back to the normal. Where do you think you're going? Why do people do that? Because there's always comfort in the crowd. Don't leave us. Some of you, you're growing in your passion for Christ. You really want to please Him. God's Word is starting to make a difference in your life. You're set apart. But you're going to have to, for the rest of your life, deal with the constant pressure to conform to the norm. All of your life, there's going to be a gravitational pull back to the cultural norm. And you're going to have to fight the drive to conform to the norm. So what are those pressures? Here's the very first pressure. There's always an inward pressure. Inward pressure is something that all of us deal with, and that is the need to please. We want to make other people happy. We don't want them to think that we're different. We want, to, we want them to like us. We want to blend in. We want to be normal. In fact, if I was really being honest with you, the need to please is one of the biggest obstacles in my life when it comes to serving God. Whenever I feel like God is leading me to do something, the very first thought in my mind is this, well, what are people going to think? I mean, what are my friends going to say? Well, this is kind of different, and they're going to make fun of me, aren't they? Are they going to understand? What are people going to think? Scripture addresses this problem pretty clearly. Solomon wrote this in Proverbs 29, verse 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You may want to circle that word snare in your mind. And in your mind, if you could write this little Hebrew word to the side of it, it's the word mokesh, mokesh. What mokesh actually means and what the author is saying here is it means it's a trap, it's a snare. Literally, the word could be translated as this. It's a hook that is put into an animal's nose. It was a trap or snare. I don't know if you've ever seen a bull that has one of those rings in its nose. You get a rope, and you can take that big bull, and you can just yank that bull around because it's in their nose. Fear of man, as Solomon is saying here, will prove to be like a hook or a ring that's in your nose. Let me remind you that the fear of man will be a snare because God will lead you to do something different that others will think, why are they doing that? God might lead you in the next little while to turn off the television and not watch TV anymore because it takes up so much time. And so you decide to do this, but just as soon as you do, you're going to wonder, what are people going to think if I say that I don't watch TV? 
I don't know what's going on with my latest reality show in the world. Or you might say God is calling us to be foster parents. You've already got four kids and you're wondering, well, what's my mom going to think? Or what are my in-laws going to think? See, fear of man will always prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. I can promise you, so many of you are not doing what God has called you to do because you're afraid of what people are going to think. I need to be really clear with this. Never forget this. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. And that's where most of us live. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? Let me say it again. Being obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. And surrendering to the opinions of others will draw you back onto that normal road that leads to destruction. It it proves to be a snare. It pulled me off the narrow path. It put me on the road to temptation. Because being obsessed with what people think is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. If you're a parent in this room or a grandparent, teach your kids. Teach your kids it's okay to be different. It's actually better. Build these values into your kids so that they'll have a strong sense of family identity. You teach them. There are some things that as a family, the Wilkes family, that we do that normal people don't do. And there are some things that we are going to do that normal people certainly don't do. I've heard it said that wherever family identity is strong, peer pressure is going to be weak. But wherever family identity is weak, which is normal, peer pressure is always going to be strong. I have no idea just how this would plant a seed into my children where my family identity is really strong. We're willing to be different. We embrace that we're different. We live different with a passion. Here's the second one. So we had the inward pressure. Now we have the outward pressure. Guess what the outward pressure is? It's criticism. It's feeling the pressure from the outside when normal people on the broad road hurl insults at you for being on the narrow road. They say things like this, what's up with you? Come back here. When did you become such a church guy? You're going to that prayer meeting again? That's stupid. What are you going to serve the homeless for? There's always going to be poor people. Why are you wasting your time? Hey, why don't you go to that movie with us? You're not going to go to the movie with us because it's got bad stuff in it? Do you think that you're better than us? And as they criticize us, they'll make fun of us. They'll persecute you. And when they do, I want you to remember this, these words of Jesus from John 15. If the world hates you, keep in mind that they hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Verse 20, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. 
Friends, get ready for it. It's part of being different. It's part of being set apart. It's part of being pure. It's part of leaving the narrow road that leads to destruction and getting on the narrow road that leads to life. Remember what we said? Normal is not working. And normal people don't like it when you do something different. You see, you seek God and He's going to lead you to do different stuff. It might be that you need to drive that old clunker car because you're getting out of debt. Or downsize because of what God's calling for you. Maybe you have to take up the spiritual discipline of fasting. You've got a sick relative and you're going to fast on their behalf. I don't know what it is. It might be that you're going to adopt kids or you're going to serve in a ministry or you're coming out of the party scene so that you're not going to be in the party scene so that you don't get tempted. And your friends go, man, he's different. And then years later, you develop a strength and you actually go back into that environment that you left because Christ is in you and you tell other people, let's get out of there. Then some of your Christian friends are like, that's different. Why are you going back to those groups of people that you left? You follow God and when you do, you remember you're going to be persecuted. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5 when he started ministry with his disciples. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, doing the right things. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Friends, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, you rejoice. I will tell you honestly, I honestly rejoice when people hurl uneducated insults at me. Criticisms. Praise God in heaven that I'm doing something that draws attention from those who do not know. And I'm even considered in the same category of of being persecuted for the one who gave his life for me. Here's my prayer for you this week. Are you ready? I pray you are persecuted. I pray people don't understand. I pray you're different. You have to remember this. You can live your whole life trying to please people, but you can't please everyone no matter what you do. But remember, you can please God. You cannot, no matter how hard you try, please everyone, but you can always please God. Paul said this great word in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 4. When he talked to the church there, he said, on the contrary, on the difference, we speak as those approved to God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but we're trying to please God who tests our hearts. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Fear of people will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what few people have, do what few people do. 
Friends, when you follow Christ, you'll be different. You'll be holy. You'll be set apart. You'll be persecuted. Don't worry when you're persecuted for righteous, righteousness sake. Worry when you're not. Find comfort when they call you different because we all agree normal isn't working. And you know when you're led by the Holy Spirit, different is way, way better than normal. Let me pray. God, thanks for my friends. Thanks for the journey that you're taking us on. Lord, these are are hard words, words that are a reminder to us how much we just want to fit in. But knowing that you call us to something that's even greater, may you give us the ability to see that greater. Lord, you're preparing us as a church. You're preparing us as a church to build upon the legacy that has been here for so long. May you find us blameless. May you find us pure. And may we be ready to serve you with our whole heart. We love you. In your name, amen.